family. Welcome to our podcast. It's non-negotiable. I am your co-host, Ernestine Johnson Morrison. I am Sarah Fontenot. And I am Amber Ty. And on this podcast, we are super, super excited to launch all things It's Non-Negotiable, meaning it is uncompromisable. It is unwavering. This thing cannot be touched. It cannot be bought. It cannot be played with. We stand on principles and a moral compass to be the best versions of ourselves, to operate at the highest frequency in us, to rid ourselves of people, places, and things that do not serve us. Yes. Right. Yes. Ladies. Yes. Hi. Yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We did it. I mean, like, we're do we here. have a podcast? We have a podcast. <laughs> we have a podcast. We have a show. I'm still freaking out about it. I am still freaking out Can we talk about, about the coordination? Listen. Yes. Yeah. So listen, y'all, y'all can expect us to coordinate because we like to coordinate. Yes. Exactly. So we went with a little winter white today. You know? <laughs> you know, a little razzle-dazzle. little razzle-dazzle. You had a little white on my that. Grandma, <laughs> my grandma used to pronounce the H in white. She would say, what? What is it that you want? What? Where are you going? Oh, <laughs> oh I kind of like that. So we decided to do our winter white today. You know, feeling yes. godly, feeling godly. Ladies. Hi. It's non-negotiable. It's, it's non-negotiable. non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable. Yes. I think when I think about the term, it's non-negotiable, I think about self-love. Yes. Mm. And I think about operating at the best version of myself yes. and just saying no to things that do not serve me. Absolutely. Do not serve where God has me going. Mm-hmm. Like, what does non-negotiable mean to you? It's non-negotiable. <sighs> just what you're saying, Ernestine, like really putting, setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. That was something that I had to learn growing up. Something I'm still learning to this day. Mm. But that's my biggest thing about it's non-negotiable. I cannot let you cross my boundaries. Yes. I can't let you break my boundaries yes. this is what it is and this is what brings peace to my life yes. so take it or leave it yeah i'm gonna be me yes <laughs> for me i feel like when i think of it's non-negotiable i think of healing mm. because when you have very clear-cut boundaries you're not yeah. going back wondering well why did i do this that That's way right. why did i say that that way why did i operate that way yeah. why am i out of alignment and it it, it actually creates real life peace for yourself because by just being who you are, you're teaching people how to treat you and you're also operating from a space of this is how I treat myself. And so there's a level of self-love, there's a level of peace, there's a level of alignment when you know it's Mm -hmm. non-negotiable. I always say that you teach people how to treat you. Yeah. Yeah. You tell the atmosphere how you show up and how you want life to react to you based off how you react to yourself. Yes. And I think, and I don't want the people to get it twisted because it's not like you, you wake up and you're, you've arrived. Yeah. It is a journey. Yes. Mm-hmm. Setting non-negotiable, setting boundaries for your life, the people, places, and things in your life, it's a journey. Yes. And that journey is ugly. It's gritty. Yes. It's raw. It's yes. transparent. Yes. Sometimes mm-hmm. it just doesn't look good. Sometimes it doesn't feel good. Yes. Oof. And still current day, it doesn't feel good. Right. Yes. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this daily work is a Monday through Sunday thing. Period. It's not like, oh, Monday and Tuesday, I'm good. And then that, so mm-hmm. that means I'm good the rest of the week. That no, That's no, I have to wake up Wednesday. Yeah. I have to wake up Thursday. I yeah. have to wake up Friday and yeah. I have to start all over and do this self-work all over again yes. and I have to face all the things that are icky about me yes. all the things that are nasty about me yeah. all the things that have happened to me in my past I have to face those things and say okay that is a part of my story yes. I own it but I'm not going to let it define me yeah. period sometimes you have to set boundaries for yourself yes. Yes. Right? Like you're not going to let your mind go certain places and you're not going to let your words you know, come out the wrong way or yes. say things that don't serve you Absolutely. Right. and I think 
a lot of people forget that. Yeah. We're always about setting boundaries for other people, but what about for ourselves? That's something I've had to work on for my, my yeah. own life. And yeah. I, I feel like with that too, it's really important for us to understand, for you guys that are watching at home, if you're like, I don't have boundaries yet, or I'm so strong and this is who I am. Well, you also have to remember that your boundaries and what is non-negotiable for you may change over time. Mm -hmm. You know, like the things that I used to be like, it's a no for me, yeah. sometimes they get a little more lax. And just to mm -hmm. honor yourself inside of that journey mm -hmm. and honor the flow of who we are because yes. as we grow and change we evolve exactly. and the same rules that used to apply back in the day they don't apply anymore yeah. or flips the flip-flop it right so I think it's important for us to number one be self-aware mm -hmm. enough of who we are and what we're most after and then move in alignment with that and if yeah. your non-negotiables change that's okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't get so rigid and caught inside of, it has to be this way. Because it's like Lisa right. Nichols says, it's like, oh, well, I've always been this way. Mm -hmm. Well, how is that working out for you? Yeah. You know? So if, if there's yeah. something that you don't like, change it. Mm -hmm. We're not trees. Mm -hmm. You know, get up and change it. I always say to thine own self, be true. Yes. Right? I want to be true to what God has called me to do in my purpose. And there's sure. been times in my life where I wasn't always this confident. Mm. I wasn't always this direct. I wasn't always this self-assured, right? Like yes. confidence, when we talk about confidence, I always say confidence is, is a certainty. It is a knowing of what you know to be true. Yes. And I haven't always walked with this certainty. I remember being 10 years old in elementary mm. school in fifth grade and wanting to be like Melissa Fredrickson. Mm. She was this white girl with blonde hair and blue eyes and she was super popular and all the guys liked her. Mm. And she had um Lisa Frank. Do you guys remember Lisa Frank? No. I'm, oh, I'm Canadian. I don't even yeah. think we had that. So Lisa Frank was like a school line and yeah. they had like um, folders and pencils and it oh. was like this girly pink like school line, uh, um, school equipment yeah. called Lisa Frank. And she had all of Lisa Frank and I wanted to be just like her. Yeah. And I always thought that I wasn't good enough and mm -hmm. I wasn't worthy enough and I wasn't popular enough and I wasn't pretty enough. And it wasn't really until my early adult years where I started recognizing my own strengths and mm -hmm. my own power. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like once I realized that, it's just, I'm like, I'm never looking back to feeling undeserving. I'm never looking back to feeling unworthy. Mm -hmm. Every table I sit at, I belong there. Every room mm -hmm. I walk in, I belong there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's a How? specific invitation for me in the room that I walk in. How did you do that? Because I feel like there are so many people mm -hmm. that want to feel like they belong, that want to feel like they're connected. Yeah. But like, mm -hmm. how? What did the actual work look like? Or did you see it modeled? And so it was kind of easy yeah. to figure out for you. Well, you know, I'm a track athlete and I, I would say am current day because I feel like once you're an athlete, you're always an athlete. I was a three-time city track star, two-time All-State. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So I think that the fight in me has always just been there from being an athlete. Yeah. But y'all heard of the Fannie Lou Hamer quote, sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm. It is literally just a mindset shift. Yeah. And of course, there's a, a million things I can talk about of things, like actual tangible things that I've, I've done. But it was a mindset shift. Yes. I literally was like, I am sick and tired of feeling this way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I am the only person who can change it. Right. Like there's no one else, there's no magic fairy dust that's gonna sprinkle on me and change it. Period. There's no hand from the sky that's gonna come down and maneuver and change it. Yeah. I was like, it has to be me and the way I operate and the way I think has to change me not feeling good enough. I've struggled with not feeling good enough wow. my entire life. Mm -hmm. Like not feeling like I was like the popular girl mm -hmm. or not feeling like I was like the pretty girl or not feeling like I fit in with this crowd. Yeah. I struggled with that. Wow. And I never forget, I, 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 I talked about this on another episode. Um, 
I was 29 years old and it was the night before my 30th birthday and I prayed, God, rid me mm. of people, places, and things that do not serve me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want this mindset gone. Mm -hmm. I want to operate at my highest self. So I started just changing how I feel about me and mm -hmm. started changing how I speak about me. That's, sure. that's the major key. Like start changing how you speak about yourself. Mm. Yeah. Like start changing how you author your life, how you speak, how you write, how you walk, how mm -hmm. you talk, like start changing that. Yeah. yeah. And that's like, that's the beginning. Yeah. The nucleus, I would say the genesis of mm -hmm. me starting this journey of like loving me so much where yes. I'm not accepting anything below the standard I've set for myself. Mm -hmm. Right. That's good. Can you relate to that? What was your kind of genesis story? Yeah, you know, it's funny. It was a little bit opposite because mm -hmm. I grew up as a preacher's kid mm -hmm. and my dad had a really big church and, you know, everybody loved us because yeah. we were preacher's kids and, yeah. you know, we were the first family. So I never felt the need at a young age mm -hmm. to fit in because I was the in, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then my dad had a falling out with the church, mm. which mostly the church was my family. Mm. Wow. So this did a huge number on me in regards to my identity mm -hmm. because I grew up, my mother had 11 brothers and sisters. We were all very close, big family. And one day everything just changed everything mm. just switched. and I'm like, okay, so there's no church anymore. There's no family anymore. Who am I? What is my purpose? What is going on? Mm -hmm. And when we went through that, my dad, you know, he suffered from just, I feel like his confidence was shook. Yeah. You know, um, I feel like he went through a, a depression. Mm -hmm. And because his spirit was so big in the household, yeah. we all felt that. Yeah. All of our confidence he was shook. He set the tone. He switched that yes, tone Yes, he switched the whole tone. And it was years that went by that it was just kind of like this black cloud over the family, you know. Um, and it was very hurtful because, again, the people who did this were my family. Mm. And I've never really spoken about this publicly, wow. um, but it, it put a huge separation. And even to this day, I try to uh, reach out to them here and there, you know, um, but it's, it's hurtful. Church hurt is no joke. Mm. And I know a lot of people have been through it. But anyway, fast forward, that's when my journey of just not being this confident girl, people would look at me and say, oh, she's gorgeous. She did it. But then I didn't feel that way. Mm -hmm. yeah. I would look in the mirror and pick out everything that was wrong. My yeah. lips too big. My yeah. hips too big. Yeah. My hair is too nappy. My, you know, my yeah. eyes are crooked. Whatever the case may be, I would just tear. Not crooked. No, yeah. they're not. <laughs> I was just using that oh, as an example. Girl, that girl bad. Sometimes, that girl bad. sometimes I'd be like, <laughs> I was using that as an example, but I would pick out every single thing yeah. to, I was constantly speaking negative over myself yeah. and not even realizing it. And it wasn't until I had certain people in my life, like Ernestine, um, my best friend Erica, yeah. uh, my best friend Faith, you know, mm -hmm. they started speaking life into me mm -hmm. and pointing out when I was doing that. Yeah. Amber, you're talking negative about yourself. Mm -hmm. Amber, you, yeah. you're even, even you, Sarah, we haven't known each other very long, but you have just taught me a lot about the power of words. Mm -hmm. And since I have been intentional yes. about putting those words um, in place, the yeah. correct words over my life yes. and over my mindset, like you talked about, mm -hmm. my mind has started to change. Yeah. I am walking different. I'm sitting up, Come on. you know, my posture is different. And 
don't get me wrong. There are days that I wake up and I'm like, girl, what are you doing? Yeah. But it's just a moment instead of a month. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a moment like, uh-uh, girl, don't, don't, don't go back. Mm. Get it together. Look at yourself and say how beautiful you are, even if you don't feel it today. Yeah. Even if I wake up with crust in my eyes and whatever else. Right, right. Girl, you still bad. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. so that's kind of been my journey. But and, and of course, we have such short time to say the entire thing. Yes. But that's where it started. Um, and where it has come to fruition that I am becoming this woman who is full of confidence and mm. knowing who I am. And most importantly, who God said I am. Yes, I, on. The one thing that we do as human beings, whether we're talking about somebody else or ourselves, yes. we are talking about God's creation. Yeah. Who am I to insult God? Yeah. Right. Who am I to say, God, you did, you did this wrong. You did this wrong. Right. You know, my, exactly. Yeah. My butt is too big. I'm too dimply. Wait a minute. He is the he is the ultimate creator. Who right. am I? Mm-hmm. So when I started thinking about who God made me, yeah. and I started you know reading the word and, and repeating those scriptures that yeah. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes. I am more than a conqueror, and I say these things to myself daily. Mm-hmm. That I really start to believe them, and I love that. they are. Yeah, so, yeah. I love that. I feel like for you? me, mm-hmm. um, you know, I pride myself now. I I really believe in self love, mm-hmm. and actually, there's a lot of people I've actually coined it on Instagram as a self love guru. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why I feel like I am qualified to do that is because I know what self hate feels like. Mm-hmm. I know what it feels like to not belong. Mm-hmm. I know, and and then be okay with being an outcast. Yeah. You know, growing up in Canada, being the only black girl in every grade, um, wanting, and I grew up dirty, right? Like my my dad ruptured a disc in his back when I was ten years old. My mom. Um, had a full-time job, all of us kids, going to school to get her master's and her own life, plus my dad's injury. So we went from a two-family income household to one, like all of the things. My mom's still making my dad the head of household. Yeah, That woman is like my 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 role model. I absolutely mm-hmm. look up to her. But that being that. said, my mom wasn't around all the time to say, Sarah, clean your room and then hold me accountable. Mm. So she would say, clean your room. And I was like, mm. <laughs> I've always been a little bit of a rebel, right? I'm used to being an outcast or whatever. I'll be the black chief. And, you know, for me, I can really relate to the 10-year-old story because when I was a kid, I was a dirty kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, if there were roaches where I'm from, we would have had roaches in the house strictly because of me. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because... Oh, when you say I was a dirty kid, you you literally mean dirty. Dirty. Lord, you would drive Ernestine crazy. Oh, <laughs> I was... I was, <laughs> I was dirty. And I, I mean, like, dishes in the room. I mean, didn't clean my... Like, wore dirty wore the same clothes all the time to school mm. and I remember when I was 10 years old there was a girl at school and she was the everything girl mm-hmm. she was fast in track mm-hmm. she could sing she could play the piano and the guitar she was beautiful all the boys liked mm-hmm. her I'm gonna call her Jane Doe and um, I remember you know when you go to her house when she would invite everyone over everything had its perfect little place she was mm-hmm. like little Miss Muffet right and from my 10 year old eyes and I remember I wanted her to come over and play and I was like hey you know I would love for you to come over and play with me, but I want you to know, this is 10-year-old Sarah. Wow. I said, I'm not clean like you, but I want to be. I would love for you to teach me how to be clean like Mm. you. And I did my absolute best to clean my room. Now, my clean looked like clutter. Mm -hmm. My mom, Mm -hmm. as long as the, the main places in the house, the living room, the kitchen, and the hallway were clean, my mom was, mom, look, we were, we had a home. Yeah. You know what I mean? She was doing her best. Yeah. But that didn't mean my room was clean all mm-hmm. the time. And I didn't listen anyway. I wanted to listen to who I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. So Jane Doe, I invited her over and she didn't stay very long. And the next day we went to school and she told everyone oh. how dirty 
and disgusting mm. and nasty I was. Wow. Mm. And I didn't know that 10-year-old Sarah created a story that said, if I let you in, you'll betray me. Mm. Now, I didn't know that 10-year-old Sarah created this story until I was 28 years old. Mm -hmm. And so now I am subconsciously, whatever stories we create, mm -hmm. we, will, we will seek them out. So I'm seeking out the people, the places, the opportunities, the relationships, the romantic relationships that will validate, if I let you in, mm -hmm. you'll betray me, which mm -hmm. is a form of self-hate mm -hmm. because I'm actually betraying myself. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the genesis of my story was understanding, number one, I'm an outcast. Number two, now I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, people try to label me as this, that, or the other. I don't care. I'm fine with it. I'm like, it, it is what it is. Take, what, you I get what you get. I just want to know, though, what made you decide to stop being dirty? <laughs> well, what I, what I also didn't know was at the time when we create, um, you know, these negative limiting beliefs, mm -hmm. what comes on the other side of that are strong suits. And so the strong suit was, you're never going to be able to call me dirty again. Mm -hmm. Never. So now when you come to my place, mm -hmm. my dirty, you, Amber, you know, yeah, she was the other day. It's Girl, ever, labels face the same right. direction. Mm -hmm. Like, everything is color coordinated. That used to be dirty, but oh, you know, exactly. I'm like shocked right Girl, now. I was like, ain't no way. And my, <laughs> right. my shoes are color coordinated. Like everything has mm -hmm. its place. But I, I didn't know that that was the positive side. Yeah. You're mm -hmm. never going to be able to call me dirty. Sure. Yeah. And now when I show, baby, I'm polished. Yeah. Right. Okay, I'm just clean. I'm polished. Super polished. <laughs> right? So, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that because had she not done that, who knows how I would have been mm, hanging yeah. out? You know, mm -hmm. who knows what I would have been? But it we was. can't have you walk around here dirty. Girl. <laughs> I cough in my hand, y'all. And she's like, don't touch me. Get away. Go tell away. <laughs> I am the biggest germaphobe you would True. ever be. I mean, you know what? Actually, I take that back. Society calls it germaphobe. I just call it clean. Sarah. And then I know that we were all taught to stretch. cough in our hands, right? <laughs> that's a stretch. I know we were all taught to cough in our hands, but I think that's actually the dumbest thing that we could have ever been taught because then when you cough and sneeze in your hands, and then now you're touching everything and you're shaking people's hands and you're touching stuff that other people have to touch. So I think that Here collectively as a society, we need to teach our kids at a young age to cough in their elbows. So we're not around here. I've been doing that. Yes, yeah, we, we, we have to have a whole episode of Ernestine teaching us <laughs> how to stay clean. How to be clean. Because <laughs> it's non-negotiable. Right. It's non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable. I've gotten the cough almost down, though. Okay. And all she has to do is give a look now. Sarah's I'll cough. I'll be like, coughing in her elbow now, which I, I so appreciate that, Sarah. Oh, Thank so you. Proud Thank of you for the consideration. I, I hear you. And I, I care enough about I'll, you to change. You know? You. I care. But I will say that just in this journey of becoming, right? Yes. And I, I think that we're all always becoming and um i have a journal called crown um and it's really my moniker for life it's my acronym confidence resilience optimism willpower and non-negotiables mm -hmm. um and it's part of the reason why i really wanted to start this podcast because i think that there's a lot of fluff out there when it comes to self-love and self-healing mm -hmm. absolutely um, and i don't do fluff i know we don't do fluff at, at all. all and on this journey of becoming and unraveling and unveiling you find that, you know, there's so many things along your journey, uh, molestation, rape, abuse, abandonment, death, divorce, all of these things add mm -hmm. to the ingredient, the pot of ingredients of what led you to not feel good about yourself or yes. not feel worthy enough. Yes. And on my journey, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to face all of the things that I think were icky and some may very well be icky. I'm going to face them and mm -hmm. I'm going to own them and mm -hmm. I'm going to sit in it for a second and I'm going to push through mm -hmm. and I think something Amber said earlier it's like make it a moment not a whole movement mm -hmm. like I give myself 15 minutes mm -hmm. I give myself 15 minutes to cry about it kick about it scream about it whatever I need to do about it mm -hmm. 
and then understand, okay, now get through it. Mm-hmm. And that's just my rule. I don't sit in places. I don't mm-hmm. sit in dark places. You know what I mean? Because I've sat in a dark place for almost two years. Mm-hmm. And to know how that sitting in that dark place felt, I'm like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? This right. is not you. Right. You're an athlete. You mm-hmm. train to win. Mm-hmm. All you know to do is win. What Period. are you doing? Pull yourself out of this rut. Yes. So take your 15 minutes, cry, scream, kick, yell, whatever it is you need to do, but don't be committed to staying in a place that doesn't serve you. Come on. Right? Mm-hmm. As a as a as someone who has been molested as a child, mm-hmm. like from the age of seven to seventeen, I was molested. Mm-hmm. And in that journey, I felt like I was silenced, like I couldn't speak. Mm. And I know without a sh- without a shadow of a doubt, my greatest gift is my speech, is my tongue. And for that many years, I was so silenced. Mm. So part of me setting non-negotiables and, and, and for my life and boundaries for my life now was knowing that I'm never going to let anyone silence me. Mm. I'm going to speak my truth. And I know that sometimes we get into like little debates about, you know, how truthful <laughs> I am. But I said what I said and I mean it. Right. And... It is what it is yeah. because I'm not going to let anybody silence my truth because um, I know what it feels like to be silenced for so long to where you can't speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why um, I really wanted to do this podcast. I, I'm I'm really curious because I know we've talked about it before mm-hmm. and I feel like so often we allow what happens to us to become like define us. Mm-hmm. If, if we become less worthy or yeah. we become, <clears throat> pardon me, unlovable or we become unrespectable or disrespectable or Whatever it may be, mm-hmm. we have these moments and these these monumental stories mm-hmm. that happen in our lives that shift the relationship that we have to self. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so you just said you were molested for 10 years. Mm-hmm. How did you turn into this woman? What did the work look like? I'm like, for you to even be the person that you are today that is so self-assured, mm-hmm. that is so compassionate with self, mm-hmm. that is so direct, that is so unapologetically yourself how did you go from from that where uh, people could argue your power was taken away mm-hmm. to no i am i have i own my power yeah it's mine how did you do that yeah you know i can't say i did it so i just i definitely just want to thank god for the journey Come on. And, and god mm-hmm. for um um tissue i want to thank god for protecting me and keeping me and like never leaving or forsaking me and and i didn't really know what that meant until my later years like god will never leave you or forsake you and i'm so grateful that in those dark moments and in those moments where i didn't even really know what was going on like god has always kept me Mm. like i've been in situations where like i i really shouldn't be standing here sitting here yeah i've been through some very heavy situations very dark situations it was something about me that God just always decided to keep and show favor to. Mm. And I could honestly attest it to God's favor. I've always said I'm favored. I always yes. felt like I'm God's favorite. Yeah. Because some of the things, a lot of the things that God pulled, it was only the hand of God. It was mm-hmm. only the grace of God that pulled me out yeah. of Amen. certain situations. So I would one, say the grace and favor of God. And for two, I would say my mom getting me into sports. Mm. So I have to, I have to shout out my mom, although that, you know, We've had some um, trials and tribulations and tumultuous situations in our relationship. My mom definitely came through with putting me in sports. Mm. When I was probably not my most um, elevated self as a 10 year old and not feeling good enough and letting people bully me, like I suffered from being bullied. Like mm. I, I remember running from a girl on the playground and I was running so fast and I turned around to see how far she was from me. And when I turned back around, I hit a pole oh. and I split my ear. I still have a split on my ear to this day. Um, 
my mom got me in karate. Mm. And when I got in karate, shout out to um, Sensei Sensei Peoples in Los Angeles, California, who's now a major MMA judge, um, trained me. And I was kicking butt. Mm. Like when I tell you, I that was a defining moment for me when I realized what my strength was. Yeah. I was so good and so strong that they had to make me fight boys yeah. because mm. I was beating all the girls up. Girl. <laughs> my mom got me into karate, Kempo karate. And I was a champion. Yeah. Um, and then I got into track. She got me into track. And when I tell you track saved my life, I owe so much of my life to running track. Mm. Like track taught me how to fight, how to win, discipline, how to stay in your lane, how to mm. run your own race, how to Come not worry analogy. about the person to the left of you, not worry about the person to the right of you, but run your race. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I still live my life like that to this day. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a, it's an undying willpower that I have yeah. based on my experiences and then based on the solution being karate and track and to this day i'm still a fighter yeah to this day i'm still a track girl I, it's how i maneuver my life and it's really how the crown was born yeah i love that yeah mm. powerful yeah yeah powerful <laughs> i feel like no go ahead no go ahead i feel like um uh man I don't want this to be like the crying episode. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, Girl, I'm, like as I'm soon over here quiet because I'm, like, I'm trying to hold them as back. As soon as we go there, it's like, oh, let the waterworks flow. Um, but, you know, you said your mom. And for me, in, inside of Crown, the R stands for resilience. Yes. And you were talking about how to have poise and how to show up in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for me, the blessing, major shout out to you, mom, was seeing someone go through everything seeing someone go through everything mm -hmm. and still be so poised yeah. mm -hmm. and have so much grace and so much love. Like I think back to a story when I was a kid and it was the middle of the night and I heard something in the kitchen. Now, in my family, we heard, if you ever hear a noise, don't go look, okay? <laughs> right. Fake sleep, don't go <laughs> right. try to find out what it is. Fake like, sure. stop being nosy, curiosity kills a cat. <laughs> right. But I've always been a rebel. <laughs> And I needed to go to the washroom. Now, growing up, my bedroom was directly across the hall from the from the washroom. But I heard something. And so if you go down, uh, you go down and you peek to the right, you can see down the hallway, which leads to the living room. Mm -hmm. And if you go a little down the hallway and look to the left, it's the kitchen. So I'm like sneaking down the hallway to see like, what is this noise I'm hearing in the kitchen? And when you get to the kitchen, there's a fridge directly there. So you can peek around the fridge to look to the right to see the table. Yeah. And it's the middle of the night. It's probably two or three o'clock in the morning. And I peek around the fridge and there's my mom weeping over her homework, so frustrated. And I, I literally like will never forget that moment because in a few hours she would have to have all of us up to go to school, mm -hmm. right? Take care of my dad, go to work, do all of the things. And it's like, damn, this woman always gives love. Mm -hmm. This woman always has poise. This woman is always singing gospel in the music. She used to wake us up to this song that said, she'd say, put your feet on the floor. And then she'd say, get out of that bed and wash your face and hands. <laughs> get into the kitchen and shake some pots and pans. Like she was always so happy and happy. Yeah, motivating. Even though in the moment when that happened, I was like, I didn't even want her to know that I saw her mm -hmm. because it made me feel like she was weak in that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was vulnerable in that moment. But I didn't understand that as an adult, it's one of the strongest times I've ever seen my mom mm -hmm. because she kept on going. Yeah. And I'm so grateful, mom, if you ever watch this episode because because of watching it be modeled, mm -hmm. not people tell you what to do. I don't want to see what you talk about. I want to see who you are. Yeah. And so inside of who she'd be, I learned like 
power through. Yeah. You know, feel the feelings, cry about it. Sometimes yeah. I take longer than 15 minutes because mm -hmm. for me, stuff comes in waves. Mm -hmm. You know, if it, if it hits me, I get hit. And yeah. I, sometimes I get, you know, dragged under and whatever it may be, I don't stay there long in that moment. But if it comes back, I have compassion for myself in that moment. Yeah. But I power through. All I know is power through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With poise and with grace and with love and knowing that I'm a beautiful disaster. You learned that from your mom. I learned that yeah. from watching my mom do it my entire life. Yeah. I'm about to lose an eyelash. I'm, I'm kind of sad. <laughs> if you guys are listening, it's great. If you're looking, I'm a hot mess. So I probably got lines on my face. It's right. a wrap for I'm me. Just even just you talking about your mom, right? Like it just talking about that word poise and poise is one of my favorite words. If you guys didn't know that. Um, I love that. I always say, I was talking to Amber on the phone yesterday and I'm always like, it's going to be poise. You're never going to, I'm never going to let you see me sweat. Yeah. And I was telling her about a time, like even in track and field, when I was on the track with like um, Elizabeth O'Lear and um, Allison Felix, these, these women are like major, major track stars and far faster than I am. But I would still never let you see me sweat. I'm mm. never going to let you know that I know you're faster than me. Period. Right. And this, it's, it's that willpower that I have in me that I'm always going to win regardless. And, Period. and, and if I don't win in the essence where I'm first place. Yeah. I'm going to win in my esteem, in my posture, in yes. my poise, in my positioning. I'm never going to let you see me sweat. It's non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable for me. Yeah. I feel like you two are, like your stories are super inspirational. And they've made me sit here and think about, you, you're talking about your mom, mm -hmm. putting you in sports and yeah. your mom. And there was a huge void in my life mm -hmm. because I lost my mother mm -hmm. at 11. And even though she passed away at 11, I I feel like I lost her more at like eight when she was diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. She was diagnosed with um, colon cancer. Wow. Um, and as you guys have just made me sit here and think about those times and think about what I can remember about her. Mm. And one thing I always harp upon is the word grace mm. because my mother was one of the most graceful women you've ever want to meet, yeah. encounter. You know, I my father had a big church and I remember her funeral. We all wore white and she was so regal mm. and we couldn't fit all the people in the church. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, who are all these people? Right. Like, where did y'all come from? But she had such a legacy that she had left and just, she was so kind to people. Yeah. She was so loving. And it's funny because I think about the things that I've gone through in life. Mm -hmm. And one thing I want to say to the viewers, I feel like we feel like we have to have it all together. Yeah. yeah. I'm 40 years old and I'm just really walking into my womanhood. Come on. I'm really just coming to this place where I'm starting to know who I am and yeah. what I'm worth yes. and my value. And I used to feel so far behind the game, mm. but everybody's journey is different. Yes. You know, and it's like, there's a reason my mom was not there. Mm -hmm. So hearing certain things, I'm like, yeah, I can't quite relate. Mm -hmm. uh, oh yeah, no, yeah. Uh, you know. So it's like, but when my mom was alive, she did have me in piano and mm -hmm. things like that. And then I think about my dad, I'm like, I used to be like, dad, why did we do this? Why, why, you know, where were you at this place? And I'm like, man, this was a man that was grieving. Mm. He had two children to raise. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I couldn't imagine what he was going through. You know, he did eventually get married mm -hmm. um, and uh, he's divorced now. So even that relationship with my stepmom, mm -hmm. it was strained. We are now just starting to build our relationship. So I didn't have a huge 
female presence yeah. in my life. Makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Does. And my aunts who were in my life before my mom died, they all turned against my father. And my thing is, you don't mess with my dad, you don't, don't mess, mess with me. me. Right. I would say something else if I was. Right. <laughs> Y'all know if you don't have, you know. But anyway, I, I feel like there was a huge void, you know, in regards to a female presence yeah. um, in my life that was really there to mold me and yeah. guide me and and now I'm just thankful because I see my mother in every close female relationship I have. Mm. I see a piece of her. Yeah. Like when I look at you, Sarah, polished. My mother was polished. Mm-hmm. Head to toe. Articulate. Mm-hmm. You know, she was light skinned to the ah! <laughs> She I was, am brown skin for the record, okay? Child by. It's the light. Child by. We ain't gonna talk about it. Back to you, Amber. Back to you. And then Ernestine, the confidence that you carry. Um, when I see how you take care of your husband, mm. my mother took care of her husband. Mm. You know, um, how you speak life into me. That's the mm. kind of person she was. Mm-hmm. And then I look at um even my stepmom now. You know, our relationship was strained at one point, but she calls, Hey Miss Amber, I'm checking on you. Yeah. And I feel like it is a. It comes from a place of genuinely wanting to know how I'm doing, yeah. and genuinely wanting to connect with me. Um, even my God, Mom, Lord have mercy, Angie Berry, she has been everything to me. Mm. And even recently, she's like, "Girl, do you know who you are? Mm-hmm. You my child, you know." Yeah. And it's like I'm just grateful because in all of my relationships and friendships, I see a little piece of my mom, mm. and. That's good. Yeah. And yeah. they're just, yeah, yeah. there's, there's, they're super present for me now. And I'm thankful. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, what's so crazy is like, I always uh, was taught this in acting, right? Like how you are has everything to do with mommy and daddy, whether mm-hmm. mommy and daddy were good mommy and daddies, yeah. present mommy and daddies, yeah. absent everything about us are in our makeup is about your, 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 your relationship with your mother and your father. And even when you have a good relationship with your mother and or father, Mm -hmm. there are still things that you search for in other people in your atmosphere Mm -hmm. that either remind you Mm -hmm. of your mother or father Mm -hmm. or a void or a lack that you didn't have because of your mother and father. And I think that it's beautiful that you can find um, dissimilarities in the women who are around you Mm -hmm. and the women who can fill that void for you. And I think that the people you hang around your village, your atmosphere, your people you call your friends mm-hmm. are so important and vital to mm-hmm. um, how you live your life. Yes, sure. and I and I and I we I know we'll speak about this in the future, but like just that word friend. Yeah, I just don't throw that word around there loosely. Yeah, like a friend mm-hmm. is so much different than an. Um, uh, an associate, yeah. an acquaintance, yeah. someone you know. Right. And to have friends in your life that fill those voids, that love on you, that support mm-hmm. you, that comfort you, that will challenge you, that mm-hmm. will pull greatness out of you. Yes. It is a single key ingredient to a success um, a success in, in life mm-hmm. and relationships. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you, you know, talking about the mommy and daddy relationship and friendship. Yeah. The one thing I love right now about my father and I mm-hmm. We are friends, yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he is teaching me even yeah. like, you know, we can get so mad at each other, <laughs> but it's like love no matter what. Yeah. Of course, because you're my father and I'm your daughter, but he is teaching me about friendships yes. in general. Yeah. Like even we, when we don't always get along or we, you know, have a conflict, it's like, girl, I'm saying this out of love because, you know, I love you. <laughs> right. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm grateful for even my relationship with my dad, because through all of that, you know, the, the, losing the church, losing his wife, yeah. having to raise two children. My dad was your mom mm. sitting at that table mm. 
mm-hmm. we think, but still getting up and pressing through and mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Yeah. So shout out to my father. I yes. love you, TJ Hempill. Yes. <laughs> I, I love, love that, that this podcast is we're going to be talking about all of those things. Yes. Like we said, it's like, it's not fluffy. It's like, let's get beyond the surface and mm-hmm. really talk about like our the genetic real, makeup. Yeah. The stuff that we, the generational curses that we respo- were responsible for yeah. breaking. Yeah. The things that we have to shake off of us, the things that we have to rid ourselves of and peeling ourselves back like an onion um, mm-hmm. and the things that we have set in place where it's non-negotiable in order for me to get to my highest calling, in order for me to get to this next level of where I see myself and where God has called me to go. Mm-hmm. It's non-negotiable that I operate in this realm that's yeah. right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think talking about family, because there's a lot of people right now that are allowing their family members to keep them stuck in a place that they don't want to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And we already know that environment is a make or break for a lot. Like yes. I always say, a flower can grow in, in from cement. Yes, that's true. However, it's so much easier in a garden. Right. Yeah. And so with sun and light. Oh and my water. gosh, and water exactly. and all the things that you need. And so I, I feel like, you know, oftentimes we get caught up in, well, that's my family. That's my family. Well, yeah. I feel like family is who you choose. Yeah. Who your your relatives are who you're born to. Right. Like that's your blood. Mm-hmm. But your yeah. family are the people that are going to reinforce you, that are going to encourage you, that are going to challenge you and sometimes it doesn't feel good and even Mm -hmm. for you guys that are watching home you might see three powerful women coming together to talk about it's non-negotiable and and self-love and confidence well number one we've had to work hard to be these women we'll always have to it's a a forever Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. and number two i want you to know that if that is something that you're seeking then to go after it Mm -hmm. right and be non-negotiable about it it, like it's non-negotiable to have women that believe in vault life and we talk we'll talk about this later (laughs) vault life for me means if it goes in, it ain't coming out. Right. Whatever we talk about yeah. is what we talk about exactly. and establishing those clear boundaries and then allowing people the time because I do think, and this is a question I have for both of you guys too, referring to family and our origin story and all of those things and how we teach people how to treat us, yes. right? Well, I also feel like sometimes because people were raised differently yeah. or they've had different experiences mm-hmm. and perspectives and vantage points in their yeah. life that they don't, we all do things differently. Yes. And so inside of teaching people how to treat you, mm-hmm. there's a time period that mm-hmm. may be required for that person. Like I'm still, sometimes I still cough in my hand. Okay. It still <laughs> happens sometimes. I'm, trying, doing that. I'm right. trying to get to my elbow, but sometimes it happens in my hand because there's, there's a period, but Ernestine knows that I'm trying because she sees the times when I cough in my elbow <laughs> or when I cough in my hand she sees me my face like oh like oh I'm in trouble right mm-hmm. whatever it may be so are you surrounded by the people that are willing to put in the work yeah how do you guys feel as far as being the the women that you are now and today yeah what has it taken to really define your tribe mm-hmm. hmm. You know, that's a great question. And I think that along the journey, there's been different tribes and different villages. Absolutely. Right? Different, uh, I mean, say villages because that's not true. Different friends mm-hmm. and associates that come along. But when you start operating from a specific realm, mm-hmm. a specific um, dimension that you're operating in, you start attracting the people who are operating from that yes. similar realm or dimension. Mm-hmm. So I can honestly, truthfully say 1000% in this season of my life, yeah. I am so grateful for my group of friends. Like yes. I have a phenomenal group of women. around me and I attract I attract when they say attract like minds I literally attract like mindsets and the people who I may attract who may not be operating at this mindset yet I know that God sent them to me so I can pour into them and I literally am adamant about it and I'm intentional about it so I think that when you're finding yourself you attract other people that are finding themselves and then once you arrive to a place that you're like okay this feels good this is a nice 
comfortable zone that I'm operating from. This is what I this is where I feel good. You start pulling in those other people mm-hmm. that are operating in that same place and mm. it feels so great because it's like, oh girl, you learn about God, I'm learning about God too. <laughs> yeah. Oh girl, you've got boundaries, I got boundaries too. Yes. Oh girl, you've set non-negotiables, I got non-negotiables too. And yeah. it's like you it's it's effortless. It, it flows to you abundantly when you're operating in this dimension. Yes. Yeah. I, like I so agree. You know, for me, um I was this person that definitely operated at a lower frequency than what God called me to operate, mm-hmm. right? Like I just, you know, woe is me, you know, yeah. oh, I'm the victim, oh, the, you know. Uh. And so when I decided to shed that amber yeah, mm. to make an intentional decision, mm-hmm. like Ernestine said, one day I just got sick of being me, mm-hmm. right? I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this mindset. Yeah. I'm sick of this thought process. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of being negative. I'm sick of complaining. When I decided that I don't want to be that person anymore yeah. and I shed her off, mm-hmm. then God started to bring those people in my life. And like Ernestine said, it's not that you're just automatically there, yeah. but it's the fact that I truly believe I spoke my desires to God. I spoke to him the type of people I wanted in my life. Mm -hmm. And he saw me start to make changes within myself Mm. that he brought those people. And those people, what I love about them, I, I, when I tell you my my circle is small now, mm-hmm. I used to want to be Miss Socialite and have everybody. everybody. But when I tell you those people don't, they check me. Mm. Like, no, nah, no, nah, ma'am, you're not going to, we're, we're not doing this today. Mm-hmm. And I love that because not only do they check me, they push me, they motivate me, they inspire me yeah. to be the best of me. Yes. And I know like that that that, that was God, yeah. period. I love that because I, I feel like, you know, oftentimes when you are very certain as a woman, yes. when you know who you are, when you're grounded inside of who you are, people can sometimes be afraid to give you feedback. Mm-hmm. People oh, yeah. are sometimes afraid to hold you accountable mm-hmm. because they're literally they're just like, afraid of you in general. Right. It's like, <laughs> like oh, this is yeah, a lot. Like, right. But I, I love having a circle around me that'll call me, call me yes. out. Yes. Like if you see me acting out of character, which doesn't happen often, but <laughs> if you saw it, mm-hmm. call me out. Let me know yeah. because mm-hmm. I don't want to be a terrible person on the planet and sometimes <laughs> you know what my vantage point might be a little skewed yeah. sometimes my fr- I was just having a conversation with my mom last night my mom was like I just don't think that that's right and I think that you you know better and this th-. I was like okay mom thanks yeah. for that yeah but then and I do what I want to do mm-hmm. but I thought about what she said and I was like Sarah okay does it hurt you to do this Mm-hmm. No. Does it cause you any kind of animosity towards self? Is it self-betraying? No. The answer to all the questions is no. So right. just do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it, it allows for me to have more grace, yes. to have more poise yes. to whatever. But I need those people that are willing you. to mm-hmm. challenge me yes. and be like, no, I do not agree yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you're dead wrong. Mm-hmm. Not to say that it's wrong, but that's my opinion. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, what? I operate best from tough love. And maybe it's because of the track girl. Every coach I had was like, get out there and do it. I don't care. Get on that track. I don't care if you're throwing up. Right. So like I've always operated from like that tough love. My mom was like tough love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My mom be like, get in them house and wash the soles of them shoes down before you walk outside with them dirty shoes. You don't walk out the house and represent this household with dirty soles. Like she would literally make us wipe down the soles on our shoes before we went out. And she wouldn't say it in a nice way. She'd be like, get back in here. So like my mind is like, honestly, and that's probably why I give tough love as well. My mind is trained. Like I want that tough love. I want you to tell me about myself. And it doesn't have to be the nicest way. If you you need to check me and put some little umph in your voice, I'm fine with that. Put some umph in your voice and check me. I receive information best that way. Yeah. And I love that you love me enough to challenge me in that Period. Matter. 
Yeah. Hold me accountable. Hold me accountable. Because if you don't, I'll walk all over you. I will walk all over you. And not only will <laughs> not I walk all over you. No, seriously, you will. It's a real thing. <laughs> if you don't have boundaries, it then it your, your boundaries will be my boundaries. Absolutely. Yes. And because we're so like we're so forceful and, and, and direct with what we want out of life, yes, I will walk all over you. And not only will I walk all over you, I won't trust you. Yes. I don't trust a yes man. Let, I don't either. Be clear. I don't trust Come a on. yes man. No. I don't even surround myself with yes men. No. Period. One of my mentors told me the worst thing you can do is get successful or get rich and surround yourself by yes men. Yes. I don't want you to tell me, oh, it's good when it's not good. Yes. Right. I want you to be like, no, Ernestine, actually do it again. Right. Right. You can, you can, you got a better one in you. Yes. You can do it a little bit better. Yes. I don't trust people who can't be honest enough with me because you're honestly not honest with yourself. Yes. To give me that tough love and challenge me in a way that's going to make me better because you're so afraid of me or so intimidated by me. Yes. I don't need that. Yes. I need you to say, Ernestine, you're wrong. Yes. Go apologize. Yes. Mm -hmm. Those are the type of friends and people that I have in my life. Yes. And that's the way I operate. That's how I operate with my relationships. Right. And sometimes that scares people. Yes. And sometimes it offends people. Yes. But guess what? I'd rather be truthful any day to yes. my own self be true. Yes. I'd rather be truthful and walk in that and have you be truthful with me as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable. <laughs> and you know, it actually brings up uh, an experience that I had because I had, there was a person that was in my life that didn't have very strong boundaries whatsoever. And I have very strong, like, this is who I, like, this is who I am. Yeah. In this moment, this is the Sarah version right. that you get. Yeah. And I'm not perfect and I'm still figuring it out. Like I said, I'm a beautiful disaster and sometimes <laughs> I'm a tornado, you know, all the things. Mm -hmm. So nowhere am I saying that I'm perfect, but what I am saying is, I'm going to move how I move. Mm -hmm. And even in the smallest, like in the smallest, I was at Target buying a cup, right? I wanted to buy a cup. Mm -hmm. And right when I walked up to the thing, the lady flipped off her light and said, uh, my lane is closed. I said, I have a cup. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not gonna cup. say, yeah, I didn't say, Heifer, you need to take my thing because you just, no, it was like, I have a cup. I would One like cup. to buy my cup, you know? And she was like, okay. But what I realized is if she wanted to enforce her boundary, she could have said, yeah. no, I'm closed. Right. This lane is closed, right? And I feel like that's the opportunity that we have in our lives yeah. to say, you know what? This lane, this boundary, this is closed. Mm -hmm. You don't get to do this right here because it's no longer available to right. you. Yes. You can go over there, you can try it over there, you mm -hmm. can do, but this isn't gonna happen here. So I think it's really important for us to get clear and have self-awareness yes. on who we are, Absolutely. what we're after, what our boundaries are, because that's when we get to say, it's non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable. With that being said, ladies, let's throw off some hard non-negotiables. Yes. Just really Ooh. quick, we're gonna end this episode, but, uh, we got to get these hard non-negotiables in. And our okay. word of the day. And our word of the day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to throw out a hard non-negotiable. I don't even need y'all to ask me. Okay. You know what's a hard non-negotiable for me? What? Don't think you're about to come take a sip of my drink. Mm. I am not sharing <laughs> drinks with no one. Don't think you're about to come put I your lip. I feel attacked. She dogged this don't out the other day. I feel attacked. Come put your lip on my cup. She dogged this I out. Know, I know. Or my straw. I feel attacked. It's hard. It's a hard <laughs> non-negotiable for me. I don't. Drink, I don't drink after my own baby. I don't drink after my husband. So it's non-negotiable for you to think you're gonna drink out of my drink. Just throw it out there. She's separate straws. Even with even with separate straws. She's a true germaphobe. Because even with separate straws, your straw and my straw in the same cup. If you backwash, then I'm drinking your backwash. Absolutely not. Next, <laughs> it's non-negotiable. Next, just Amber. cough in your elbow. Okay, okay so this is a, a either or makeup. Okay. Oh, eyebrows. Or lashes. You could only oh. choose one. Eyebrows. So now it's non-negotiable for you. To, to, mean to do your eyebrows or do yes, your lashes? Yes. If you, if you only if piece you can of, only do one thing. One thing. Oh my! My eyelashes are beautiful, so I'm gonna go with my my eyebrows. Okay. What about you, <laughs> Sarah? 
Pressure. It's actually like, really hard. Right? Mm, lashes and brows make a face now. You, now you can only Ooh. no other makeup on your face ever, ever like for life. For life, just eyebrows or lashes. Which one? Like, but they're mine. Like they're my no. eyebrows or my lashes. Whatever like they grow, like no, God you can gave either it to draw me. in. Oh, you get one pencil. You know, what? I'm I'm gonna get one I'm, pencil or I'm, one set of lashes. I'm, I'm, which, which one is it? Brows. Brows. brows, yeah, yeah, I yeah. probably would do brows. What about you? I probably would do brows too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. brows shape your face. If your brows are done, you look great. Yeah, you That's look great. So, as we end this episode, uh, we are very intentional with our words. We know yes. life and death is in the power of the tongue. Yes. Amen. We are the authorities and the author over our life, what we speak, what we write, what we think. So, we every episode are going to do a word of the day. Yes. Now, these words help empower us. They help navigate our lives. They help us speak truth to who we are. Yes. Um, and really to help motivate you all. So, who's going to take the word of the day today? Me, baby. Let's go, girl. <laughs> Let's go. So, the word of today is compassion. Mm. I feel like as we grow on this healing, journey as we establish when we can say it's non-negotiable yes, yes. when we create these boundaries there are going to be times where you disappoint yourself mm -hmm. there are going to be times where you fall short yes. there's going to be times where your best sucked right because we're human beings right. and sometimes as humans we suck and the most beautiful part about the journey is having compassion and saying you know what I did my best today and yeah. I'm happy with that even though it sucked yeah. you know what yeah. I, 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 I challenged myself to be better and I didn't I didn't operate at the best, most highest version of me, but you know what? I'm still trying, I'm still striving. And to have compassion for yourself yeah. is to allow yourself to keep going. Yeah. And when you keep going, you can arrive to the destination. So yes. have compassion on this journey. It is non-negotiable. Compassion, compassion. It's non-negotiable. Thank yes. you all for joining us. We are yes. super excited to be launching this podcast. Ah! The conversations <laughs> are gonna be deep. They're gonna yes. be fun. They're gonna be uh, entertaining, yes. educating, all yes. of the above. Yes. Um, so we Thank you for tuning in yes. and tune in with us weekly. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube. It's non-negotiable. Make sure it. you are following us on Instagram yes. at it's non-negotiable pod. And ladies, it's, it's non-negotiable. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.